Welcome to Coffee with Casey. We'll take a little time and talk about the market, market conditions. Again, the reason we do this is to identify when the market begins to turn um, and how we react to it, what the new strategies are. So let's let's go over uh, some of that. In today's show, we're going to talk also about big teams, small teams. Um, but uh, let me tell you, uh, we got saved again today by the predictive analysis, which has saved us for, gosh, all the way since this pandemic started. And I'm gonna go over that with you a little bit today and show you what you realtors in the realtor corner, show you what you need to do to make sure you don't launch a listing overpriced and have it sit and wait. So, you know, that's everybody's nightmare. Thank God we've, I think we've lost 41 listings and only one of them has last, lasted, you know, um, a little too long. So um, let's go over that today. So let me go to our uh, market conditions, see what we got. All right. So today, again, big teams versus small teams, pitfalls of relocation, agent referrals. By the way, when you do an agent referral and you go online and you have them refer an agent, um, they take 20% of the commission. So the agent has to charge more because they have to give the referral company some money. And then the referral company does not have the right realtor in the right place. So don't waste your money on referral companies and relocation companies can really cost sellers a lot of money. So we may get around to that today, but I do wanna talk about the predictive analysis. Also, some people get under the impression that we wanna come in and paint every house and it's gotta look a certain way. That's just not true. You know, updating a home, you need to maintain the character of the home. So the last three homes I've walked into, you know, we really didn't have to do anything. One was a farmhouse. It was great. It, it had a farmhouse appeal. It had the best lot in Vienna. So, you know, we wanted to respect that, that house and just make minor little changes to it to kind of give it some updates. And then, you know, one was a palatial estate that had marble everywhere. And of course, we're not going to, you know, change the character of that house either. They all have their own character. So, so, you know, don't get in your mind that you have to come in and redo and repaint. And, you know, all you want to do is just any dated things you want to kind of update and make look presentable. Okay. And in the agent corner, I do want to talk about finding your counterbalance, but let's go and take a look at the market. You know, it's inventory and that's what's, that's what we've been keeping our eye on. So the inventory for April of 2022 in Vienna is down 9% over its five-year average. So the inventory is not back. I mean, we're not getting inventory back. Fairfax County as a whole is down 10%. Um, and you can see the numbers right there. On average, it's negative 5% over the five-year average. So it's not like April is showing up with all this massive inventory. It is not. Those are, the, those are the numbers to date. So in 2022, Vienna is down 23%. Fairfax County, 16, a lot of them are 14 to 15%. So again, the market is slowing. It is not slowing because of excess inventory, which is what some people may think. So it's clearly slowing. I mean, remember all these were up in the 80s, so... Um, Remember now, this is a chart that shows what towns, and when you go to that town, how many homes out of 10 are under contract, right? 
So 77% of the listings in Vienna are under contract. In Oakton, it's 55%. So 60% and over is a seller's market. So, you know, some markets are struggling a little bit more now. And that's where you see there's a slight slowing down of the market. So in total, Northern Virginia, for all of Northern Virginia, 78% of the homes were under contract back in January. And it was 75, 73, and right now it's 68. So is the market slowing a little bit? Yes, the market is slowing a little bit. Is it because there's too much inventory in the market? No, there's not too much inventory in the market. In fact, we're still down 15% year to date over Indiana, 23%, but for everybody else, 15%. So, so it's not the inventory, then what is it? Hmm. When we put a house on the market back here in February, the buyer pool, we can see how many people open up the emails. So I know that's the buyer pool. And the buyer pool was 600, 800, 1,000 people in the buyer pool. Um, and then you'd have people that look at it and click little heart. I mean, that's my favorite or a little light bulb that says that's possible. The realtors would see that, but I would see that. We would see that. And we knew we had 40 and 50 people putting hearts out there saying they love this house. Well, our predictive analysis, which is what we're going to talk about, the predictive analysis tells us whether we've got contracts coming in or not. And the predictive analysis is more critical now than it's ever been. So, you know, we are going to talk about that a little bit on how that's kind of saving us in this market. But first of all, when we say the market is down, let's understand. And, and I'll tell you what, my text number is 703-508-2535. And you can text me how many markets you think there are in Northern Virginia. All right, so I'm going to go through a little bit of this. And you can tell me, but don't cheat and send me a text after I'm already, I've already done it um, and told you just, if you couldn't give me an estimate on what you think, how many different markets there are in Northern Virginia, just those four counties, then, um, then text it to me at 703-508-2535. So let's take a look at this. So each market is one square mile and Northern Virginia has 1300 square miles. So what does that tell you? We're starting out with 1317 different markets. Now within each one of those markets, right? You have to look at what is the size of the house and what is the age of the house, right? So we're going to take a look at a market. Let's say I've got a 2500 square foot house it was built in the 90s. So, you know, that is you take 1300 you times it by seven and you times it by another seven because those are the variables, right? Now, once we do that, now we've determined what price range we are. So we're in the one mile radius. We think the homes that we're talking about are between 1.3 and 1.5. We run that model and see in that area, in that particular market, in single family detached homes, what is that home worth, right? Then we have to inspect the house to find out if it's customary, updated, or renovated, and then do the exact price. So the answer to the question is, how many markets are there? 7.7 million markets in Northern Virginia, and we need to analyze every one of them. 
right? So it's fairly simple, fairly quick. And this way you can identify that individual market and then you get something like this, right? So this is what I present to every seller. And for those realtors that you know are looking at this, want to know how to present it. So here's what it is. We have the available homes in that price range, the homes under contract in that price range, the sold homes, right, in that price range. So I know that out of seven homes on the market, five are under contract. So that is a 71% index, right? So that means I'm in a seller's market, pretty strong seller's market. We need to examine, you know, why these haven't sold. But if you look here, the days on market are only seven and eight. So what I'm looking to do is I'm looking to find out how fast are they selling? How old are they? What's their size? How big is the lot? What their assessment is? This is 2022 assessments. What the sales price is of these homes, right? And then what did they list them? So they listed them for 1.9. They sold for 2 million. So if you can see, they actually sold at 102% more than they were listed for. That's the price per square foot. That's the percentage of assessment for this one mile radius between 1.8 and $2.2 million, okay? So we come down here, we take our subject property, multiply it times the price per square foot, and that's what we get. Now, this number and this number are different, right? And they're different because the size of the home is different. So we need to adjust the price per square foot for size. We also need to adjust it for age. These are 10 years younger than this house. So by adjusting for age and size, then the $465 a square foot number turns into 395, which says the house should be worth about 1.929 million. So over here, you see the average price per, um, per assessment, right? Percentage of assessment is this home sold for 130% of their assessed value. That is 130% of that, right? So if the average of these houses is 125 and I apply 125 to their assessment, that comes out with that number, right? Pretty close. So what does that tell you? That the customary value for this house is 1.95 million, but the asking price, the list price is 1.85 million. So if you list it for 1.85, sell for about 1.95. Now, the key is this number. Sometimes people look at 1.95 uh, and say, well, that's what we're gonna list it for. No, look at everybody's asked this number and got that number, right? So if they asked this, they wouldn't have got it. So you wanna be true to that and say, it's about 95%. So that's what we're gonna ask, keep it right here and let them bid the property up to that number. Okay, now what happens when they do that? They bid over that number and they go way beyond 1.95, well up into, in this case, maybe 2,050,000, 2.1,000,000, somewhere around in there. So I went out and inspected the property. The property is really an updated condition and it has a pool. So really the update, it says you're worth 2,050,000. You're asking 1.95, and then up here with a pool, it's probably going to go somewhere in about the $2.2 million range, right? If we let it bid it up. So, but you want to be careful to keep that thing under 
$2 million, right? So, so that's the way we assess one market out of the 7.7 .7 million markets that you have out there, okay? Now, I said I would look at big teams and small teams, okay? So I'm very, you know, I've had, I've had um, um, a lot of overhead before in companies. And if there's one thing that will kill a company, it is too much overhead, right? So, you know, I was, I was looking and, I, you know, I see how well our team is doing versus other teams. And, um, and, and I looked at, at, at a team and found it rather remarkable. Um, when you're a seller, you're paying a commission to a company and a portion of that commission goes to the company and it goes to the company to pay for overhead, right? Overhead is bad. So, you know, you, you don't want to pay the overhead of Long and Foster or Weikert or Coal Banker or Keller Williams or, or Compass or whatever it is. But let me show you something about big teams. Let me go back on here. Let me show you what a big team looks like. Now, that's not the agents, that's the staff. And it's on their website. I'm not saying anything that they don't promote themselves. They promote this themselves. There are 50 people in that picture, 50 finance administrators, finance HR, coordinators, client developers, talent trainers, client care, client development, marketing officers, uh, founders, chief operating. I mean, for gosh sakes, when you pay a commission, you do you really need to pay for all of these people in this picture? And the amazing thing that I'll tell you is that we are the number three largest team in um, three largest team in Fairfax County in volume. We do more business in Fairfax County than that group that you just saw. And when I walk in, it's just me. I am the management and I got one agent and they're doing all the work and we're both working together. We have Julie and Michelle in the back with Sharon. So, so you know, I think that people need to be really cognizant about where you're paying your money and what it's going to go for. Um, in Long and Foster, they've been around for a long time. So yes, you pay for big name. If you need it, pay for it. Keller Williams, you need to pay them because they have to pay a bunch of agents because everybody's getting a piece of the pie over there. And in, in um, at Compass, Compass gives an agent $150,000 up front and then that agent has to repay Compass out of the commissions. Well, who's paying that commission? You are. So you, by paying 6% commission, are paying back a portion of their commission. I hate see people throw money away. Samson Properties, they charge me nothing. I charge sellers nothing. It's a 4.5%. It's not discount. It's not cheap. It's this, it's just, I'm not paying the brokers and I'm not paying for all that stuff. So, so, you know, I like to make sure that if you're going to pay money, you need to get your money's worth, right? You don't need to pay for layers of, of HR directors and trainers. And, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that. Uh, they've, um, they've put me on some legends group. So real producers, has picked some people that 
they're going to give awards for legends, right? And I guess all that means is I'm old and I get the whatever legend stuff is. But she said, what's your recipe for success? What's your, what's your secret sauce? And it's like, you know, that's where me and a lot of the realtor community go like this, right? So my secret sauce is all about trying to get the best deal I can on listing a house. In other words, I focus on um, my secret sauce. My recipe is focus on how to prepare a house. And like I said, sometimes it looks like a Greek mansion. Sometimes it looks like a farmhouse. Sometimes it's just a beautiful arts and crafts house. But, but how do you prepare that house? Get really, really good at that. And pricing, you just saw my pricing model. That's a 10, 15 year project really, really good on pricing that house and what the strategy for the pricing strategy is and, and you know, where you price it to get the max amount of contracts. And then marketing, focus on marketing. You know, how do you market? Where do you market to? Who do you get? Who's going to pay the most amount of money? How do you, how do you get to the people that are going to pay the real money in the house? How do you find a buyer that's looking in McLean and can get the same house in Vienna for $400,000 less. How do you get to those people? That's all I, that's all we do, all we do. And then the bottom line then is we get it out, all that marketing coming soon. And then the key is we do the predictive analysis and we look at how many people love the house, how many are, are and again, for those of you realtors, you go to hit counter and you go in there, you see your listings and then you have hearts or you'll have light bulbs and that tells you who's interested in your properties. So we need to know, is somebody coming to see your house or not? And then of course, the marketing has results. We need to see how many people saw it, how many people loved it, how many liked it, anybody sharing it? How many people went to the website? How long did they stay? This is all what's called the predictive analysis. This is done before we launch the listing live. So we're gathering this information and the final one is really, how many people are coming to see this house? Just this morning, we looked at one and it's, it's definitely gonna sell $1.45 million. But we have it on at 1.4, no buyer pool. Nobody's looking. You know, we have people looking online, but nobody in that buyer pool that's scheduling showings, right? At 1.4 million. So instead of launching at 1.4, and finding out 30 days down the road that we're at the wrong number, we know it now. So now we go out at 1.35, get our 1.45, and it was the predictive analysis that helped us out. And as markets are slowing, and as markets are a little more unsure, the predictive analysis becomes more and more powerful, right? So I would just say that that is, you know, one of the more powerful things that, that you're doing when you go to a seller and say, I, you know, I don't want to call a seller and say your house is not getting the right numbers. That's not a pleasant call, right? It's got to be done. Either tell you now or tell you after we've already sailed the ship and found out that we're overpriced. So that there was no buyer pool receptive for your house. So 13 times we've done this. Um, the 10 times we did, the seller dropped the house an average of $50,000 but an average, one of those average listings sold for 137,000 over the list price, which means we dropped 50, but we got 135,000, 137,000.
The three that did not launched at that price and all got wiped out. They all lost at least, uh, I think the average was $103,000. So before the predictive analysis, they all would have been in that category. We would have launched all of them like that. And all the listings you know, that didn't adjust lost 100,000 bucks. The ones that did adjust made 137,000, right? So, you know, the key is knowing, right, before we launch, whether we're going to sell or not, right? So this predictive analysis, especially as the market's changing a little bit. And again, there's 7.7 .7 million different markets. So how's your market doing? And how are you analyzing your market? So, you know, we're gonna list where we think we should. We're gonna see what the market says for that house. The market's not receptive. We gotta move. We just gotta move. It's better to know now than later, okay? So, so I think that um, as times are, are, are changing, the market is definitely clearly slowing down a little bit. And it is not, I don't think, an inventory issue. It's an interest rate issue. That interest rates have gone up a clearly point and a half. And I think it is, it's uh, moved the buyer pool from six, 800 to one to 200. So we've literally lost, I would say 70 to 80% of our buyer pool. And, and I, I'm just reading numbers. I mean, it's, it's just facts. So in February, we would have six, 800 to a thousand people in a buyer pool. Now you might have 100 to 250 in a buyer pool. So, so what that tells me is we need to be a little more careful. Uh, don't get married to your coming soon number because that's gonna, that might change. And if it does, don't worry. Changes, you know, we, in the end, we get more money when we do that. Okay. So, you know, it is, it is also important. I, I talk to a lot of people that listen to this and sellers are almost afraid of me to walk in the house because they're like, I know I need to do this. I need to do that. It's like, not necessarily. I'm not going to, you know, if you change a part of the house, you almost sometimes you have to change the whole house. So really what we're trying to do is just small pieces to update the house without, without costing too much money. But if we do spend money, if it is important to spend money, I don't worry about it. It's not expenses. It is definitely investment money, right? Because for every dollar we spend, we're going to get back seven or eight. So don't worry about that. But don't, don't get locked in that you have to do it. Just let us come and look at the house first. We got an incredible house for 1.4 million coming on the market. It's one of the best lots in town. No changes, just little stuff, you know, a little wood rod, fix, fix up a little thing. No major changes. Beautiful house over on, on um, in Oakton at about one, uh, $2 million, maybe $2.1, $2.2 million. Gorgeous house. Is that the normal standard? Nope. But you know what? It has its own aura. It has its own taste. It's have its own elegance. You know, when you go into the kitchen, you're in Tuscany. When you're sitting out in the beautiful sunroom in the uh, living room, you feel like you're in Santorini, Greece. So it is what it is, right? I don't, it's not called Santorini, Greece. It's just called Santorini. But um, you feel like you're in Greece. So, you know, you don't touch that house. Uh, beautiful house I was just at in Vienna. It's going to go for about 2.2. Nice, great pool, custom house, gorgeous. Not going to touch that. That house speaks for itself. So, 
you know, don't think that we're going to have to do something to a house because sometimes that answer is no, we're not, you know, we may do just little things to help. Okay. All right. So we've got the market, we got big team, small team, we've got the um, referrals and relocation. Let me tell you, if you're being forced to use a relocation company, that's really a problem. And I'll tell you why it's a problem. Because the referral company charges 48, 47, 48% fee. So of course you got to charge the seller that money, right? And then they give it to the company and then the company gives it to a team and the team gets it to an agent. Before you know it, the agent is working for almost nothing, right? So anyways, if you take that and then when you do get a contract, then the relocation steps in and sometimes they screw up the contract and you lose the deal. So to be honest with you, I'm just, I'm, if somebody has to do a relocation, I would really look into being able to the benefits of doing it yourself or going through the relocation company. Because to be honest with you, the difference between 6% and 4.5% on a $2 million house is 30,000 bucks. A $1 million house is $15,000. So you save a lot of money if you don't do the relocation. I know they pay for your moving, but you move a lot of stuff for 15, 20, 30,000 bucks. As far as the referrals, if you, you can find realtors in your area. You can ask around, you can ask friends, you can ask people you know, you can ask people that you know have uh, recently sold. You know who's selling in your neighborhood. So give them a call, interview them, have them come in with their track record, present you with the track record. If they're talking about their company, they're wasting your time. They're just wasting your time. Agents sell houses, their pricing strategy, their marketing plan, their track record. Those are the only three things you need to worry about. What's your strategy? What's your marketing plan? What's your track record? That's it. There are 4,000 agents, I think, that sold houses in Vienna. Everybody's got their own opinion. I, I, I need to validate that what you're saying is that you've done a lot of work and it's been successful. That's all you got to do. Okay. So let's go to the agent corner. I have a lot of agents from Samson Properties that listen to this. I really appreciate that. I was with an individual agent uh, yesterday and, and we're talking about partnering and teaming up. You know, I think one person taking on a listing is a little difficult because one person can't do everything for that listing. They just can't, okay? Just, just too much stuff. You need somebody working with you. So we talked about a counterbalance. Now I'm a 64 year old guy, experienced, but 64 year old guy, right? I don't see things the way a 30 something would see things. So who have I got sitting next to me? Some of the best 30 somethings in town. You know, Kelly and Morgan spot things that, that you know, they're today's buyer, Billy, today's buyer, Colby, today's buyer. Those are our buyers. Those are, those are people that are gonna help prepare the house. So I don't blame the older agents that have bad track records or houses stay on too long or they're not prepared correctly because they don't see it. It really takes somebody like that to see it. So the guy I was talking with yesterday, about a 40 year old guy, great agent, great, great agent. But you know, a perfect counterbalance to him would be um, uh, a female agent um, that has a lot of style and can really add that what are buyers looking for in today's market? 
most seller driven listen to a guy tell them what today's market is looking for. You know, there you need to have you know somebody there that understands style and understands all of that. Now, I have Billy and and um, Colby which understand the style we need for these houses, right? They're functional style guys. So, but this agent I was talking to, if you're a guy at 40, maybe you need a female 30 something that can help you. How do I prepare this house and communicate with the sellers and make sure that communication channel is always open. So you, you may always wanna just have somebody that counterbalances who you are. Um, I know the beans have a counterbalance. You got Larry Bean, you got Laura Bean. They ain't, they're not, they're like, like that, right? They're perfect counterbalance. Larry's all business and Laura's all party, you know, smart as a whip, but she's part. So, you know, that's the, that's the counterbalance that I'm talking about. So, you know, I partner on every deal, me and somebody that counterbalances me. And I think what the Samson agents need to do is make sure that you have somebody that you don't have to be a big team, just a small team um, that work together on deals. Um, and I can talk to you about how you split commissions and all that stuff. But I think that um, one person going in alone is extremely difficult, extremely challenging. So, you know, I highly recommend that you get not just one, but two or three or four that you can work with. On, on multiple deals. So um, that's a great way to go. My name is Casey Sampson. This is Coffee with Casey. And hopefully this stuff helped. There's hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake. Every day I deal with hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake. Today, it was a predictive analysis that may have saved a seller. All I know is the 10 that did this before them made an average of $137,000. So the predictive analysis is more powerful today than ever. The market inventory is still low, but the buyer pool has shrunk. It has shrunk because of interest rates. It has shrunk because they couldn't get a house. Let me give you a tip. If I have a $1.4 million house, right? I'm not gonna go to the buyer pool for today's $1.4 million house and say, hey, we got a house that's available, you know, uh, email. I'm going back to the emails of the eight or 900 that we had back in February, right? A lot, some of those have bought, but a lot of them failed two, three, four contracts and then said, screw it, we'll wait. So when you think about it, in February, they all wanted it. Some did buy, but most of them did not. Most did not. So send your, all of your marketing material to that group. Send it to the ones that didn't get it. That's 800 fresh people. And they're not getting emails from anybody but us. So when you're going out and you're sending things out, the buyer pools are smaller now. Go, if you have those stored up, which we store every buyer pool, if you have the email addresses for that pool, then you want to send it to that pool, not today's current pool, because it's only 25% as big. Hope, like, hope that helped. My name is Casey, Casey Sampson. This was Coffee with Casey. Come every Thursday morning at 11 o'clock when I can. You can reach me at 703-508-2535 or Casey at CaseySampson.com. You can follow all of the podcasts um, that we do at CaseySampson.com slash podcast. All right, we'll see you again next week. Bye now.